Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. It's always great to have the conversations like you saw that I had with Alex and Bryce today during the season. I go out and talk to folks, and I was at uh, Pastor Tom and Joan's house the other day filming an upcoming one of these videos, and afterwards we were talking more just about things in general, and one of the things that came up was how they've noticed in some of their conversations with friends that people have indicated more and more that fear has become a primary lens through which they're seeing the world right now. And it's certainly understandable given all of the challenges we're facing in this world today, but there's a real danger in having fear being a dominating force in our lives. And one of the things I've noticed about fear is that it has the ability to narrow our vision. And those that want to prey upon our fears can then use this against us to point our focus in one direction to use our fears against us when that's all then that we can see is where they're pointing us. I was pulling up a video on YouTube the other day and I was watching one of those advertisements before and I actually watched the advertisement all the way through. You know, usually you hit that skip button after about four seconds but I was just flabbergasted by this video. At the beginning of it, you would have sworn it was a political ad, but it wasn't at all. It was simply using political conspiracy theories strung together to attempt to make seniors think that the government is about to take all of your money and you need to click here to keep all of your savings. Tap into the fear, narrow the vision, and lead people where you want them to go because their fear no longer allows them to see beyond the confines of what you have promised will make them safe. It's a dark picture, but I think it's an important one to face and to consider the alternatives that we have in Christian communities that are not also trying to use this tactic. Now, there are certainly are Christian communities that follow this path, and it's a well-trod path for religious leaders to use this as a way to increase people's both allegiance to them and to increase their financial support. And there are numerous ways to do this, but the most classic version of it involves some promise of eternal damnation if you don't follow a particular way. And then, of course, the flip side of that there is the praise and encouragement that comes when you do what the leader wants. Jesus, however, shows us a different way. Our gospel passage for today is a challenging one because, first of all, it involves a description of slavery as simply a given in society, which is difficult for us to swallow today in our own culture. It's hard to get past as we hear this message to hear the true message. And it's also difficult to hear the true message in this passage because we are so preconditioned by the motivational tactics of our world that are so steeped in both fear and achievement. And this, of course, is sort of a both-and reality. The fear and achievement can seem 
has different strategies, but the reality is they're often intermingled in a messy and often dangerous way. Jesus knows this to be true in his culture as well. And he sees it in his disciples, and so he shares this teaching about the mustard seed and then goes directly to the culture that they can understand by using slaves as an example. So let's look at exactly what's happening in this passage, and we have to go back a little bit to see what precedes it. Jesus has been challenging the disciples to be living in the kingdom of God as it comes among us now, and he's teaching them what this looks like, and it's challenging because it's so countercultural. If you've been here the last number of weeks, you remember some of those recent teachings that mentioned priorities and families, giving up our possessions, taking up your cross, and so the disciples are starting to, to feel the weight of this. They're becoming fearful, and they ask Jesus to help them have more, increase our faith. Because they're steeped in the worldly systems that suggest that they need to achieve more to get to some higher plane in order to be successful in what they're trying to do as disciples. And Jesus could have, in that moment, seized upon their fears to draw them more into his sphere and under his influence and encourage them to do more and to be more. But what Jesus does here is actually the exact opposite. Jesus is reminding them of the nature of their mission in this upside-down, inside-out kingdom of God. It's not built only for high achievers. It is for all, including the lost And they're forsaken. So Jesus is telling them that to represent the kingdom, you don't need more faith. You could even have less faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed will do. It's not a competition about having the strongest faith that you can muster by human power. And then he goes on to use this teaching about the slave to say that you don't embody the values of the kingdom by trying to get your attaboys and recognition from your leader. You embody the values because they're overflowing from the undeserved grace and love you have already been given, and it's simply this life to which we are called as those who give their lives away for the sake of others. The kingdom of God is not a fear and achievement culture. It's a grace, love, and forgiveness culture. Growing in faith is not about achieving more. It's about trusting in God more. It's about coming together in a counter-cultural community that says we will not be beholden to a consumeristic, achievement, prestige-laden, self-focused culture that uses fear and disappointment and failure as tools of manipulation. Instead, we'll say yes to a welcoming, inclusive love that is generous and life-giving for all. Pastor Lauren challenged us last week to wrestle with a simple question. Do we want to create and build a culture where we quibble over paying for soft drinks, or do we want to build a culture that's marked by the fact that we want to share our ice cream with everyone? Alex Trumbull nailed it in our video for today. Her 
growth and faith since being a member at Prince of Peace hasn't been in accumulating more religious knowledge, but rather in deepening her recognition that the heart of our faith is found in selflessly serving others. This is what we mean when we talk about growing together in faith. Yes, we want to grow in our biblical knowledge, but not for the sake of winning some Bible quiz bowl, but rather to deepen our commitment and understanding of the good news of Jesus that is grace, love, peace, and hope for all. Clinging to achievement and the elusive quest to be more will always disappoint and hurt us. We can't possibly satisfy that desire. Even when it comes from a good place, it has the potential to become our obsession and consume us. One commentator that I read this week lifted up a great example of this. It's one of these examples I've read before that I've carried with me over the years as a reminder of my own limitations and need to check my own proclivity to try to achieve more and to be a success. Martin Luther King Jr., a hero to so many of us, is one of those people that inspires us, but at the same time can intimidate us in terms of what he accomplished. I remember turning 40 and reading something that Dr. King had written and feeling so inadequate in my own leadership, thinking that he never even reached that age, yet he had achieved so much. So this story is helpful to hear as a way to understand his own wrestling with his own fears and his own inability to be superhuman and to do everything by his own sheer will. The commentator I read set up the scene in this way. He says that Dr. King described the fear that overcame him when he began receiving death threats during the Montgomery bus boycott in the mid-1950s. One night after a particularly troubling phone call, King found himself exasperated, unable to sleep, and ready to quit. While offering a humble, desperate prayer, King says that he felt the presence of God like never before and heard the words speaking to him in the depth of his soul, stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth, God will be at your side forever. As King notes, the outer situation remained the same, but God had given me, he said, an inner calm. It was never about Dr. King summoning some self-given strength and power that was dependent upon his will, intelligence, and cunning. No, his strength and power came from trusting in God's strength and power working through him. Growth in faith for Dr. King was growth in trusting in God's power to work through him, and he would not have been able to recognize the need for this shift in understanding if he were not part of a community of believers loving and supporting each other. The Apostle Paul described it, what this looks like in the early church in our reading for today. He said, for this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our, of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. 
who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. This gospel lesson that we have for today, this reading from the Apostle Paul, they fall within our stewardship emphasis for this year, and it could be a slippery slope. It'd be easy to take this gospel passage that we have for today and say, grow in faith by growing your stewardship, give more to achieve more holiness points for the big game of religious achievement, but it's simply not biblical. It's as clear as day here. Jesus is saying there is no game of religious achievement. So what I encourage you to do is to look at your giving as a marker not of religious achievements, but rather as a discipline to free you from the game of consumption. And I ask you to continue your support of this community of faith because it matters as a place that offers a different way for any that would join us. It matters that we offer a culture where people can take off their fear-laden blinders and see the grace-filled, love-giving kingdom of God that will conquer all of the cultures of fear that might rise up around us. Thanks be to God for this holy calling that we have been given. That can never be about our own work, but rather the purposes and grace of God that we are invited to share. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.